Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about our favorite reality show, a little something we like to call Let's Destroy Rachel's Confidence for Fun. It's just an uplifting docu-series about what happens when two beautiful, brilliant women are tortured by a bunch of producers and editors for mass entertainment. Today, we're joined by the wonderful Kelsey McKinney of Defector Media and the Normal Gossip Podcast. Kelsey, thanks for being here. Hello, ladies. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and discussing this uh, shit show of an episode. I think it will oh, be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you are the perfect person to discuss this with us. And you even showed up today wearing a Love to See It t-shirt. So the dedication is unparalleled. We appreciate Guys, the pandering. Is what I just I'm need to tell your listeners that yes, I did wear this to pander you, but to you, but I also wore it because it's the softest t-shirt I own. So if you're looking for a very soft t-shirt, I recommend <laughs> love to see it merch. <laughs> We're just trying to keep people comfortable out here. It's very important to us. Um, but let's get into it because a lot went down this week on the Valiant Lady cruise ship. Uh, at the beginning of this week, actually, they're still in L.A. The men have now split into two groups or teams. And <laughs> it's sort of like sharks and the jets. Like, they're just sizing each other up. These two gangs, like, who's tougher? And what do you know? Who's part of one of these gangs? But Meatball. He's been let back in by sweet Rachel. And frankly, I so much happened this episode. I forgot that I was even annoyed by Meatball last week. He yeah. put in he put in a good showing well, trying poor, to earn his keep. Poor Rachel has such a, a dud crop that she's literally just like, yes, Meatball did reject my rose and humiliate me. But like, that's not even up there anymore on exactly. the scale of bad things that have been done to me. <laughs> oh, by my I like of. Meatball. <laughs> me too. No, 
I've started to like Meatball, too. I've always liked Meatball, except for when he randomly rejected Rachel, even though he claimed to be undecided right up until the point of the rose ceremony. And I thought that was pretty rude, to be honest. I have a theory about this that I'm sure we'll get into later. But I think Meatball was the only one that I was like, oh, they both like him. Like, I felt like they both liked him. So if I were Meatball, I would be like, maybe I'm going to get a rose from Gabby. And then he... Well, I think that all the guys who rejected Rachel's rose thought that maybe they would get a rose from Gabby, and then none of them did. Uh, I'm sorry. Continue. I got distracted by my love for people. He's a sweetie. Meanwhile, someone who is not a sweetie and has, as far as I can tell, no redeeming qualities (laughs) is Hayden. And Hayden has been going on a little press tour of the mansion, trying to sort of get out ahead of the story. He does this a lot during this episode. He's like, I need to let the guys know what I actually said to Gabby and why it was okay and why she and Rachel shouldn't be upset with me. So it's an incredible PR job. I just have to say, (laughs) he's like, look, I'm trying to stop the damage. And my tactic is say even worse things than I already said to these women's faces. (laughs) Calling Gabby rough around the edges isn't going to register as bad compared to all the shit I'm about to say right now in this press call. He's like, pant, padding around the mansion indoors and outdoors in socks because it's the pandemic. You can do PR in your sweats now. That's fine. And he corners Nate in the kitchen and is like, so I did use the word rough around the edges with Gabby. It's one word, as we all know, rough around the edges, Mm -hmm. famously one single word. He does this multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) He, He calls it a word like many times. Um, And Nate is like, oh, and Hayden's like, oh, no, but I like I gave context behind it, though. And so, like, it was fine. (laughs) The context was that I didn't like her. and She doesn't meet my morals so that it explains it. Right. I also really like Nate, but I can't tell if part of the reason I like him is just because he cannot control his facial expressions at all. So like the whole time Hayden was talking to him, he just looked like he wanted to run away. Yeah, I I mean, Nate knows that this man is like the head of the like young Republicans, like Donald Trump fan club down in Florida. He's like not trying to have a chat with him. Yeah, there's something very likable about someone on these shows seeming to not be able to control their facial expression because you're like, this is someone who I really feel like I know what they're about. Like, this isn't a character. (laughs) And Gabby is Nate's little ray of sunshine. So he is not about to hear Gabby called rough around the edges without making some kind of look. And he's like, "Mm, that's kind of rough, bro. And so Hayden is like, okay, who's someone who might accept what I have to say? (laughs) He wanders outside, finds Meatball, and he just really lays it all out for Meatball. He's like, we, we got a, a whole explanation. We have a clip. Gabby's the one that used the word rough around the edges. She said that? Twice. Oh, really? And I used that word to describe her. And that's what they threw back in my face. Manifest that in. Yeah, buddy. Like, I would hope that Gabby is a little bit more mature than that. I don't think I said anything wrong, to be honest with you. My dumbass uses the same verbiage that Gabby uses to describe herself, and she didn't didn't like that. Well, bitch, maybe you shouldn't use that word to describe yourself then. 
You don't see that. You don't hear this. But at this point, Meatball puts his face in his hands. Like, I can't believe this is happening to me right now. Yeah. I think there is. Is anyone else there? Was like Ethan there? Yeah. At, the time at one point, too? Ethan, you like, hear Ethan what? say like, can I slide in there, man? And then clearly he's immediately like, why did I ask to be let in here? I don't wish to be here. <laughs> yeah. He's just like looking around like, how did I find myself here? Which is pretty much the face that like any of the men who end up in conversation with Hayden end up end up making. But like Hayden is just going for it. He's like, these fucking bitches out here use this one hyphenate word and then I use the same word. I mean, I'm sorry. Do we believe Hayden that Gabby had said that in front of him about herself? I I believe it. I believe that she said that. I do too. I believe that she would, but I also believe that Hayden would lie through his teeth. So that's why I'm torn. Well, I think that it's the same as like Gabby has a very particular sense of humor, which I think includes demeaning herself, right? So yes. like Gabby is the type of girl to be like, wow, I look like a piece of garbage while she's wearing a dress that makes her look like an actual angel from heaven. Right. And like the response to that is not to say, wow, yeah, you look you like a piece of garbage. To <laughs> variously, very seriously sit her down and to be like, the thing is like, I don't want to say that you garbage look like a piece woman. of garbage, but I am looking for someone who aligns with my values of not looking like a piece of garbage. So I'm going to respectfully decline to pursue you. Right. Like, She's like, oh, well, I did call myself a piece of garbage. Exactly. So. Hayden is talking about, like, <laughs> context here. And I think the way that Gabby used this term, it's not one word, this phrase, uh, likely was in a different context than the one Hayden would like to deploy it in. Yeah. But Hayden, like, also doesn't stop here. He's like, speaking of these bitches, um, my ex, much hotter than them, much better than them. Why would I settle for these women, neither of whom is actually trying to really date him seriously, I want to point out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's like, I don't want to settle. Like, they don't hold a candle to my ex. I don't see how any other guy in here can be like, I'm fucking marrying these girls. Really excellent editing during this scene of the various men in the house <laughs> yawning and napping. I love this. <laughs> I was like, I hope this is how they were acting during this little rant. But the, probably some he, creative license. Yeah, you really love to see the editors just <laughs> having a really fun time. They're like, a little snip here, a little snip there. Hayden, <laughs> keep talking. Keep hanging yourself by your own words. <gasps> Meatball is just like gathering all of this intel, being like, I'm no dummy. I will deploy this when the time is right. And he does. I do think he what he says is bad enough to bring it to them. We'll get to it. But like, I think that he's mean enough that like, oh, they yeah. told. I think, oh, I think Meatball yeah. is 100% in the right in this entire thing, to be clear. And this information absolutely should be brought to the two of them because there is Hayden just sucks. something so funny though, about the way that he's like, I rejected Rachel at the rose ceremony and I really hurt her feelings. She let me come back. So now I'm like, I'm going to be Rachel's little watchdog, like as a thank you, <laughs> like thanks Rachel for my rose. Hayden sucks. Uh, I just, it's comedy to me. I love it. Um, Jesse arrives in his quarter zip to tell us that Gabby and Rachel are already on their way to their first romantic travel location. They're on their way to France. Jesse really gives us some like husky voice, like romance here. They're going to France. <laughs> and he's like, two of you will be leaving separately from the rest of the group. So you can make it to your one-on-one dates in Paris with Gabby and Rachel. They have chosen for these dates, Jason and Tino, respectively. 
What did you guys think? I I thought this was like almost a funny choice because I think that Jason and Tino are like the same person in their two groups, right? It's like they're like the tall, generically handsome white guy in each person's group who's just like a good guy who's here for the right reasons and is tall and handsome. Yeah, I think they're like a matching set and that is why they were chosen. (laughs) They they, they look good double dating. Yeah, I also think these two are going to go very far. Oh, like yeah. Like, top, top two. Exactly. It's front-runner date o'clock, as I yeah, wrote. Exactly. <laughs> it's, the, it's the correct week. It is time. It's Paris. You don't want to give your Paris date to just some guy who might I also feel like producers were like, you. maybe these women should be allowed to just have some easy fun for, like, <laughs> a few hours before we torture them again. Yeah. I also think, I don't know that I fully buy that they actually get to choose who goes on every one-on-one <laughs> date, but like, if I were given the option to choose someone to go to Paris with me, I want someone that is a guaranteed good time. Exactly. And like, Jason and Tino are both going to be really nice to you. They're going to like point at the Eiffel Tower and be like, wow, it's so nice. Like not a drop of irony in either of these men's bodies. They're going to have a great time. So I like it. I think it was a nice choice. Yeah, I agree. Romantic lead time for sure Mm -hmm. for this date. Um, So the giant plane flies across the map from LA to France. And now here are Gabby and Rachel prancing through the little cobblestone streets of Paris in their Mm -hmm. little French outfits with like blazers with like brass buttons and like sleek chignons like looking just so french girl and they sit in a little cafe to await their dates and talk more about how production really wants rachel to have a breakdown like rachel is not okay (laughs) i wouldn't be okay either if i were rachel i wouldn't be okay for years like they are (laughs) seeding years worth of intensive therapy for rachel this season 100 percent Gabby and Rachel are, like, having a little cafe date. And Rachel, yet again, is like, wow, I've just experienced my number one most humiliating moment of my life. Um, You saw it, too. That was great. Yeah, I think that, like, usually when you sign up to be Bachelorette, the assumption is that it's not going to be the most embarrassing thing you've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think that's like the most, it's not on the like little note card of features that you get when you're like signing up for the role. So Rachel didn't see this coming. And she talks just about how she's still feeling really insecure in her in the moment that, you know, she, both of them are having their insecurities brought out by being compared to each other. And they're really struggling. Although Gabby seems like she's doing okay right now. And I think we have a a little quote of one of the saddest, most portentous things that Rachel says. I have a huge fear that the men in my group might not even be interested in me and will want to switch over to pursue Gabby or that they might feel like they are in the loser group. I hate this for Rachel so much, but also she is a really emotionally intelligent person and she's also someone who is aware of the way that the dynamics go. And like, I, she's clearly not totally wrong because we, we see that Logan does feel empowered to kind of cast her aside for Gabby. And I understand why she would be afraid that the men in her group would sort of see like everyone 
seemingly congregating around Gabby and be like, oh, well, I've chosen, like, the losing horse or whatever. And it's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, there is a... There is a real dynamic that she is pointing to that that men often just want the the shiniest trophy. And that's part of dating in our society, too. And I'm sure it goes the other way that, like, you want the highest status mate. And so, like, you have two incredibly high status mates in front of you. But, like, don't you want the highest, highest status mate? (laughs) Like, don't you sort of feel like you'll never really know, like, the highest level of mate you could have gotten unless you go for like the one that everyone's really jockeying for. It's very like it's a it's an element of the dating hierarchy like sorting mechanism that is inherent to the concept of the bachelorette because the idea is that she's already just at the top of it. But it's right. usually kind of disguised by the fact that no one else is there to be compared. The producers are also doing like what they always do, which is what is your greatest fear? Let's emphasize it. Exactly. So for Gabby, it's like, I'll never be loved. For Rachel, I think it's more complicated. It seems like it has to do with this ex-boyfriend who broke up with her because she because she wouldn't become a stay-at-home mom. So it's like her fear is that the guys want her to be someone she's not. So mm-hmm. like what but better they won't position? actually see her. She feels unseen. Exactly. She feels invisible and... She feels like she can't fit the mold to be what someone will find desirable. And they are just pressing at that soft spot so intensely and just in a way that's so transparent and gross. And like, we're watching F-Boy Island at the same time as this. And you can just see that it didn't have to be this way. This does not have to be the dynamic. But it is, like Kelsey says, like that is what the show does is to emphasize people's fears and their insecurities and also to present the lead as like the ultimate most desirable person who's sitting at the top of the dating hierarchy. And so they just don't know what to do with the fact that there are two of them other than to be like, (laughs) which one is really at the top? This season is our chance to find out. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's like their whole like underlying concept. It's the the thesis behind The Bachelor. Um, so meanwhile, Jesse Palmer is greeting the men near Paris. And this is when we learn the real reason for this whole episode in France, which is that Jesse Palmer speaks French. And Who knew? <laughs> Jesse Palmer, just a cultured guy. They were like, Jesse, Canadian. we found a use for your language skills. And... <laughs> Look, I love to learn new things about Jesse. <laughs> he, like, greets the the remaining 14 men with this little speech in French, being like, I really hope you won't treat Rachel or Gabby the way Jacob did the week before. And then he's like, anything? Anyone understand me? No, I guess we'll just go back to English. I'm like, yes, shame these Americans for their lack of second language education. I love it. <laughs> They're in the port... <laughs> I'm just laughing because, like, yes, absolutely, shame Americans for not speaking another language. But also, at the same time, you have every member of this cast going, oh, wee wee, like, making little French stereotype jokes that are funny. But I'm just, like, incredible comparison here. To be clear, it's also a great opportunity for all of the men and Gabby, I will say, to be, like, the only French I know is, like, croissant. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. You're in Paris. Honestly, 
I found it kind of delightful. I'm a Nate. I just like to speak French by saying the French words that we use in English with a very French accent. We will always have Paris. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Max, would you like a croissant with your juice box? You know, it's just, it feels good. That's really giving mm-hmm. me like Little Mermaid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> culture um so they are in the port city of le havre but they will be staying and this is where we be where we begin our virgin voyages infomercial on the virgin voyages valiant lady (laughs) and she is a luxurious state-of-the-art ocean liner at this point jesse is talking up the amenities while we appear to just be using stock footage from like the virgin voyages like commercial shoot like <laughs> video bang or did the bachelor simply bring a few extra drones so that they could really get those dramatic want to get those stem to stern aerial yeah. shots <laughs> <laughs> and they're all going to be staying on the ship while the bachelorette travels around europe i've said this before i'll say it again this is an excellent idea they should do this every season i love it I also love that the ship is large enough that the men can be completely separated from each other while still being able to, like, run around this giant ship. It's large enough that, like, having, what, 20 people from the cast on the ship probably fills, like, a tiny fraction of the space on this ship. Like, there should be, like, thousands of people on this ship. It must be kind of creepy, like, being in, like, a big, new developed apartment building that... Almost no one has signed a lease in yet. (laughs) You're just like, does anyone live here? Or like, is it safe? I don't know. They have like their own hangout rooms, their own suites, their own like personal team bars. (laughs) It is so odd. I kept thinking about like how spooky it must be to be like asked to go into confessional and it's like you're walking down a hallway and there's like no one else there and all the doors are closed. (laughs) You're like being drug away from all your friends into this empty boat. Like, no. There's also like a whole like mall section and I'm like, are people working at these stores? Are the stores operational or are they just like, is it like when you get to the airport really early? And all of the storefronts are closed. And you want to get a tattoo, but you can't get a tattoo on board the ship. Honestly, they missed an opportunity. You should allow these men to get drunken, poor decision (laughs) tattoos. That's why I think the shops aren't open. Is I think if they were open, that tattoo thing was just foreshadowing for some terrible mistake (laughs) in the future. It wouldn't be the first bad tattoo decision to happen on this franchise. Exactly. It would be no. like the third or fourth, <laughs> I just, at least. the courage that it takes to be on a boat and to be like, this is where I want to get my tattoo. <laughs> I respect that. Um, I'm learning so much about cruise life. So the men swarm onto the boat. They're like, whoa, look at these cool digs. Look at this bar. Look at all these amenities. We're playing shuffleboard. So Virgin Voyages, The Bachelorette Presents. Tino and Jason, meanwhile, are arriving at the cafe with umbrellas to pick up Rachel and Gabby for their solo dates. And they split off into two dates. It feels sort of like high school or like college formal. It's like we're sitting together waiting for our dates and our dates pick us up together. But then we like go on separate little walks. (laughs) I loved it. These two dates also felt very just like we're walking around Paris in the rain and we're going to eat and drink some things. Like a normal good date. And you could just see that both of them were 
so relaxed. Like, I can't, Tino really feels like end game for Rachel to me. Yeah. Yeah, he gives me that, that, um, call back to like most bachelorettes ever where there's a, a first impression rose winner and then it's clearly just them from the beginning yeah but then in the meantime she just has to be rejected by a bunch of like preening assholes so <laughs> the tino worse. date is so good that like when they were kissing on the bridge i was like oh my god is she gonna pull a caitlin bristow like is she gonna bail after the next person rejects <laughs> her because if i went on this great date with tino who has a real job and seems nice yeah i would be like bye <laughs> look the bar is low for straight men but like truly he's like kind he listens he's very into yeah. her and he's i will been say, very clear about he's a this general it's- contractor so he can probably fix your house like oh yeah i mean that quit. is useful that is <laughs> huge also he likes a good crepe they make and crepes they they perfect. eat crepes they make crepes they feed each other strawberries Honestly, i will say that like dreamy. rachel needed someone really solid because her insecurities are really kind of peeking out throughout the date which is yeah hard it to sucks. see you want the bachelorette to feel confident and like in her element and like the first conversation they have is tino's like i can't believe that we're here i had no idea that like our journey would take off like this and she goes what you didn't think you would like me and i was like <laughs> rachel no well, he's you're like, the oh, bachelorette no. i thought you <laughs> wouldn't like me and then she gets back into it and she's like no i don't like you and i thought that was like a cute little peek into her ability to banter and her humor, which we really have not gotten to see much of the last couple episodes because it's just been a constant onslaught against her self-esteem. Yeah. It seems like the producers have decided Gabby does jokes and Rachel does crying. And I'm like, this isn't fair because Rachel's funny. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes Gabby cries and like they're both full complete women. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They tell jokes and they cry. And that's the, the complete two, package. The two aspects of being a woman. <laughs> I mean, show me the lie, Kelsey. <laughs> I mean, that's my entire life. Yeah. So I'm like, I have a podcast and I love to weep. So yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yesterday, I like full on cried at the lyrics to a Moana song, and it was not the first time. And well, now look at fair. me making jokes. Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> a complete woman. Wow. Congrats. Me- Gabby and Jason are also having a really good date. Um, instead of crepes, they go get their heads measured for berets. We are told at various points that Gabby is a small and a medium. What to believe? I don't know what size her head is. And it's it's challenging for me. What if I want to send her a hat? So Gabby, however, is wearing a sleek sort of bun, which is very chic. But... I just love how honest she is during this process that she's just like, this wasn't the right hairstyle for this date. (laughs) Anyone who has worn a beret knows that it is a very finicky hat and really only works with very particular hairstyles. Emma, what size beret do you wear? (laughs) Tell us. (laughs) What size beret do you wear and what hairstyle should I wear? I don't know. No, see, this is why I don't have any berets because they're like impossible to make look good well, i don't like do gabby sleep bun. tend to look like a bald yeah. baby she says i <laughs> look maybe like a bald baby that queen from snow white a chef anything the queen good. from snow white she really does deep cut and look I like love the queen it. from snow white it's yeah. true because it has that that look that it's like some sort of modified wimple 
Exactly. <laughs> Just all and around and the hair All line. black. Yeah. Um, but they're having a lot of fun. And throughout the date, Gabby is giving a sort of running patter about, like, Paris. She's doing a lot of jokes. And I have to say that Jason is not really working with her a whole lot. Like, she's doing a whole little monologue about... All I know how to say in French is like, oh, Jason. She's like, anyway, do you hate it here? And he's like, no, I like it here. Paris is great. And then she's like, yeah, the last time I was in Paris, I took a photo in front of the Eiffel Tower with a bunch of my friends, and we were all wearing matching Paris shirts. And he's like, oh, really? And she's like, yes. Yes. (laughs) Sweet Jason is clearly so deeply uncomfortable in front of the cameras. I'm like, how did you get on this show? You don't seem like you want to be here, which he does admit that he had a mental breakdown recently being on camera. Oh, poor Jason. I was also, really getting shades that- of Lauren on Ari season throughout. Like, you're just in a beautiful oh. European city, and you're just like, I don't know what to say. This is beautiful. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> Jason has uh, come off of private on Instagram for this yeah. momentous occasion. Oh, Yeah, he's ready. Wow. Finally ready to step in the spotlight. <laughs> Um, but Gabby knows this. She's like, Jason is a man of few words. That's why I'm drawn to him. I think we heard some some criticism of Eric last episode as well for for not being up to her level in the banter department on their date, that he wasn't really offering much. I submit that Gabby likes that. Gabby likes mm-hmm. a guy who's quiet and warm and just lets her tell a lot of jokes. Gabby <laughs> wants to like, be the yeah. funny one. Yeah. <laughs> and she is. I yes. love that for her. <laughs> Um, and she just is like, he just needs to open up enough that I actually know who he is and that I don't that he just does like, in fact have a personality. Yeah. That I don't just marry a guy <laughs> who's just silent. And that's his whole I thing. Just, I love when Gabby says I need him to open up. And then it turns out what she means is tell me one thing about yourself. Like, that's like, what it always that's means on this show. <laughs> have <laughs> you watched this show, Kelsey? I've watched so many It means seasons. one, one Fun fact, and by fun fact, I mean one nod to your childhood yeah. trauma. <laughs> one fun one trauma. trauma, get yeah. one kiss. <laughs> yes. Um, so they do have, before their night trauma date, a little wine tasting. They ride in a carousel. They make out. And they both wrap up their day dates feeling pretty good. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about the later portion of their dates. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from Article, that lovely chair out on my deck, Article, our big console, Article, my bed frame, Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we are back. And I just want to say this might be my favorite part of the episode because... (laughs) The couples can reconvene at a cafe, and it's clear that Gabby and Rachel are, like, fully wasted. Like, their eyeliner is starting to just, and mascara is starting to, like, migrate down their cheeks. It's also raining. It's raining. Yes, but I, I recognize their looks. I say this with love. I was like, I have been that girl who's, like, hanging out with her friend at the bar after a few hours, and you just can tell, like, This look isn't fresh, and it means you've been having a good time. I think we actually have a little bit of a clip. Do you have to go to the bathroom? Yeah. Okay. Okay, goodbye. Okay, please move. 
<laughs> okay. Oh my God. Tell me. How was it? No, you go. <laughs> and love. <laughs> <laughs> They're having so much fun. <laughs> I did not pick up on them being drunk when I watched it, but like listening to the audio, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, they're super drunk. They're just like, ha ha. Oh, it was good. I'm in love. Oh, it was good for you. I do love you have that. to go to the bathroom. I do. I mean, the back half of both of their dates was just drinking wine and making out, so they better be feeling good. Uh, I mean, that that I do love you have it. to go to the bathroom thing was such a tell because if you're feeling really composed and like I have to impress my date, you might be like. Gabby, will you come with me to the powder room or something like really like sort of like cute? And so she's like, Gabby, do you have to pee? (laughs) I have to pee. (laughs) They also literally did not even (laughs) make an attempt to pretend they were actually going to the bathroom. They just like walked right (laughs) in, stood at the bar directly behind the men and were like, oh my God, I'm in love. They could have been like, let's go get another round. Like Rachel was just like, whatever, let's go to the bathroom. All right, here we go. Um, so outside, the guys are also talking about their dates, and the women just start sort of looking at them fondly through the window, <laughs> like, oh, look at our boyfriends getting along. Like, we're going to be able to do such fun couple trips, and like, let's plan another double date right now. Like, like the boys are getting along. <laughs> I just, I love this moment, and this is the value of having the two bachelorettes. Like, we want to see more clips of them just having random fun together, because it's yeah. so delightful. Yeah. And said we're getting less of that because they're like, we have to create some separation so that my men don't keep telling me that my friend is hotter than me. And that's not <laughs> fun. Uh, and with this, it's time for dinner dates. And they are separated separated again for dinner. Rachel and Tina will be eating in a cathedral. So is this normal on, on like <laughs> I feel like, like, didn't we see Clayton go to a church, but only when he had really misbehaved? Yeah. It's usually a punishment. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like on Caitlin's season, they maybe did the funeral date there. But, like, to have dinner in front of an altar and, like, beneath a stained glass window of, like, Jesus. I was going to say that the camera really zoomed in on the stained glass. (laughs) This is a classic American. What's French? What's French? I don't know. Notre Dame. Can we put them there? No, we're not allowed. Okay. Is there another cathedral? Does it have stained glass? That's fine. Yep. Sure. (laughs) I actually looked it up. It is the American Cathedral of the Holy Trinity in Paris. It's an Episcopalian uh, cathedral. I know that Catholics would certainly never allow two (laughs) American heathens to film themselves having a romantic dinner in front of the altar where the Eucharist is blessed. I mean, come on. Uh-oh. Rachel, I will say I love Rachel's look for this date. I think this is, like, one of the best. She, she dressed like, up best. for church. <laughs> yeah, the setting, I will say the look did not match the setting. It was very red carpet. It was, like, really vampy red carpet, but she looked gorgeous. It was it was just like a little different than we've than we've seen her. Yeah. I also loved that she was like, oh, my day date in Paris. I'm looking like, you know, beautiful, casual, very um, organic American girl. My night date in Paris, yeah. I put on my siren eyes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Full eyeliner. Usually I think that full around the eye, dark eyeliner is too much, but she was really rocking it for me. Um, and so they sit safely in the warm embrace of the Lord, and they <laughs> open up to each other a little bit. 
Um, Rachel confides in Tino about how hard it's been to go through so much rejection and then reveals that her last boyfriend thought he was impressed by her career and then came to resent it and thought she would cheat on him and that, God forbid, he might occasionally have to solo parent for a day or two while she's working. I mean, that's the woman's job. Right. Alone with the kids. Like, what do I I even do? (laughs) Who do you think I am? Their father? (laughs) (sighs) Poor Rachel. Um, So (laughs) she asks if he wants a family and he says yes. And then he's like, is that a deal breaker? And she's like, no, I famously also want a family. I was on a show about it. And so everything's good. And they're aligned. They both want kids. And for her not to have to do all of the child raising. I truly love that for her. It's wonderful. I also love that his response when she was like, I don't know, would you be willing to do, um, I don't know, one eighth of the parenting work if we have kids? He was like, yeah, that (laughs) seems reasonable. (laughs) I like how he talked about the fact that he grew up in a, you know, Mm -hmm. with two working parents who did, who were partners, who split that labor. He was like, my dad worked long hours, but he would just get up early and pack our lunches and like. I've seen it work with two parents who are engaged with their own careers. And he talks about how one of the things he likes about Rachel so much is that she's so dedicated to her career. And she yeah. just she just really needed someone to show up for her and be nice to her. And I just, like, so relieved. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I really like you. Thank you so much for being you, being here, not sucking. And he's like, well, you know, I just wouldn't keep accepting roses from you if I wasn't ready to go to war for it, which was... I was like, did we need to... You were going so strong, and then there's... I don't know if he knew how to end... I don't think he knew how to end that sentence, to be honest. And he was like... He was just like... Here's a phrase. Or as Hayden would call it, a word. Go to war for it. (laughs) What was I talking about? (laughs) Like stupid Tino. Um, <laughs> no, he he's very sweet. They make out. She gives him the rose. And she's like, I think I'm definitely going to fall in love with Tino. And like, Rachel, <laughs> we see it too. You are definitely going to fall in it's love gonna with happen. Tino. It's going to happen. Gabby and Jason are going to be having their dinner in a more normal bachelorette date setting, which is like a sort of echoey, dimly lit space that is decorated <laughs> like a cheap boutique hotel. <laughs> It's like, what is this space? Is it a restaurant? Is it a hotel lobby? It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> and on the way, Gabby continues her patter and like continues to just say the things that people need to say I to make me her. feel understood. She's yeah. like, European showers can be so tricky to figure out. They sometimes stop at 38 <laughs> Celsius. And I'm like, hotter. And I'm like, Gabby, yes. <laughs> showers Thank you for enough. articulating the trials of a European vacation. I appreciate it. <laughs> She's also wearing like an all white, very elegant outfit with like a fur trim. A lot of fur on this. Okay, so it must be freezing. I don't know. <laughs> Paris is actually is not that warm typically. Um and they're I, filming this in, in like March, like March, April. Yeah, yeah it's, it's got to be a little chilly. So she feels that she and Jason are more similar than they seem. And she's hoping to find out that one fact about him that will give them a solid foundation to build on. So they sit down to eat and she's like, so you're pretty reserved. And he's like, yes. 
That's true. And this is when he reveals that he was so overwhelmed by being in the mansion with the guys that he couldn't eat or sleep for three days and had a breakdown, which I'm like, wait, what? Like, that seems like a pretty big thing that happened with one of our main players here that was not depicted whatsoever. You think production wants to show a man, like, literally starving and, like, shaking with a panic attack? I do. They want to show these people at their lowest Too point. early. Too well, early. Too early. If, if, if that panic attack happened because he was too in love with Gabby in the latter half of right. the show, then they would be down. But they didn't want to just, like, <laughs> explore the terrible living conditions. They should have green screened some ITMs with him that they could repurpose later in the season. <laughs> they they might like have. They, they want him to have a breakdown, right? So it's like they're not feeding him and he's not sleeping. That is, like, <laughs> classic reality yeah, show. Exactly. Fair. And then he has a breakdown, but he probably did it really quietly based on this guy and everything yeah. we know about him. He I probably just lied in his bed like, in the ball. <laughs> he was like, I maybe want to leave filming this show. And they were like, no, damn it. That wasn't that wasn't what we wanted. Okay, we're sending you right to Paris. You get yeah. to take a solo flight. So he shares that he is highly sensitive to energy and that he always compared himself to his friends growing up and didn't feel good enough. So he would try to prove himself with tennis and then grew to hate tennis. And so he quit. And that's why it's hard to open up. I, I was Listen, like, I feel that we're missing pieces of this story and that also Jason was panicked and could not quite express himself. I was like, I understand. I get the vibe of what you're trying to articulate. Yes. But it didn't, the story didn't quite get there. As an editor, I have some notes. (laughs) Yeah, there were definitely some points for me where I was like, I feel him. Like, I feel him. But, like, I don't understand quite what he's saying. I'm like, wait, what happened with tennis exactly? (laughs) He was proving himself with it. And that's why it's hard to open up. Um, But Gabby gets him. She's like, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And then Jason shares that therapy as an adult, has helped him learn to speak up for what he wants and find his power. And this is where we start learning that Jason is really into inner child work. Guys, mm-hmm. this is where I started to be like, I love you, Jason. <laughs> I'm just like such a sucker for a straight man being like, you know what's awesome? Reparenting your Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about, in a difficult moment, thinking back to like, what does what does my five-year-old self need in this moment? And then just <laughs> giving that to your inner child. Inner child work is something that like, as a parent who follows parenting Instagram accounts, I think about a lot more now than I used to. Because so much of it is like, the way that you parent is that you parent your own self and then you can hold space for your child's child self as well as your own child self. What? Wow, I've not. That's too hard. Yeah, I don't <laughs> seem very hard. I'm like, this is a lot of parenting for me. I don't know. It's like both me and the children. And I don't child. know. <laughs> um, well, I was proud of him though, because you're right, Emma. It's not often that men come on this show and say, hi, the reason I'm able to be here is that I've done a lot of personal work on myself. (laughs) Right. So I feel emotionally stable at this time. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I can finally speak up for myself and what I want and stand in my power because of therapy. And Gabby says she's had the same experience and shares her story of her estrangement with her mom. And Jason does at least respond Verbally. And he's like <laughs> multiple times. He's just like, I'm. I'm so sorry that you went through that, which is a totally appropriate response when you're starting to get to know someone. I think we actually have a clip 
of what Jason does say about inner child work because I just loved it so much. Have you ever heard of like inner child work? Yeah, like to reparent yourself and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's changed my life. It's really rare to meet a man who appreciates therapy because yeah, no. I feel like you understand. So like when Hayden was like, you're rough around the edges, so I was like, to you, yeah, I am because yeah. <laughs> you're a yeah. ass bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Love to hear Gabby calling Hayden a punk-ass so bitch. Fun. It's just what I crave. Also, I love, because so often when there's a moment like this on the show, the guy will then be like, well, Hayden's a good guy. You know, like, he's my friend. Hayden and I are actually going in together on a timeshare after this ends because we've grown <laughs> such a bond. And instead, he's just like, yeah, he doesn't deserve your time or vulnerability. Like, so... And he's, he is, yeah, Jason knows what's up. He's like, Hayden is just projecting his issues onto you. That's what's yeah. happening. Let's move on. Let's not get caught up in this. It just, it feels like they're having a real date. And ultimately, Gabby offers him the rose, but says like, I don't want to just give you the rose. I want to give you the belief that this could really go somewhere. Which really and says I, something about all the that. other roses. <laughs> like, this is yeah. just a rose. Don't I let's mean, not go look, crazy. Here. She gives a rose to Spencer later, and I'm like, that may be just a rose. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It does also feel like a good like second date, right? Like they get into it, but not so into it that I'm like, this is awkward and uncomfortable. Like they both right. kind of skim it's the not, level of trauma. <laughs> exactly. It's not such a crazy level of like unearned intimacy that makes you feel like, oh, they're just gonna trauma bond and yeah. this relationship stands no chance of actually yeah. having a healthy like infrastructure starting to peel back those onion layers oh. pry open that oyster i don't think you're supposed to pry open oysters so i can't take that one back to that <laughs> this just continues uh my thesis that men should just all be 30 or older <laughs> <laughs> just or go my. to therapy just in general <laughs> um well, they're more likely to have been to therapy if they're 30. It's <laughs> a little heuristic. Have, by the way, have we talked about the deranged new casting promos this No, season? but I'm obsessed with them. No. Jesse is having the time of his life. They were like, Chris Harrison, tired. Jesse's little jokes, wired. <laughs> <laughs> this week we get, your boyfriend lives in a van down by the river? You can do better. Apply to be on The Bachelor. <laughs> I mean, hashtag van life. We know that that can go, that can go wrong. I'm such a fan of all these promos that are just like, a lot of you have boyfriends, but let's be honest. They suck. A lot of boyfriends <laughs> are <bad>. trash. <laughs> <laughs> Don't settle for this guy just because he's your boyfriend. <laughs> they are trash guys. So meanwhile, back on the ship, uh, the, the two men are hanging, the, the two groups of men are hanging out in their respective clubhouses. And in Gabby's clubhouse, the guys are feeling themselves. They're feeling like they're in the winner group. Eric is like, I think we're significantly more competitive than Rachel's group. And like, ouch to Rachel's rude. Group. A little bit rude. Um, but they do seem to all be shown. Like, it's interesting how the editing is working, too, that they're like, let's do a scene of Rachel's guys talking about how much they love having a bar in their clubhouse. <laughs> and then a scene of Gabby's guys being like, we really have a great opportunity this week to be so intentional with Gabby. And I'm like, yeah, I bet those are the only two conversations that either of those. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I bet you could dig up some footage of like 
Quincy and Spencer, like, I don't know, going up to the bar for a third round. Like, come on. Yeah, they have they have their narrative. They have their little narrative here. So the group date car comes for Gabby's group. Nate, Kurt, Quincy, Eric, Michael, Mario, Spencer, and Johnny. So all of them. Love conquers all, but not without a fight. The men are ready to taste some blood. It's been too long. So, of course, they will be boxing because there is a boxing ring on this cruise ship. The cruise ship has it all. You want violence? They can deliver. There is something about this season that with the cruise ship that's like, um, we're in France, but we're only going to like be in France for like one thing. And the rest of the time, we're just going to be on this giant boat. And it's like, you really can see funny. France, so you can't taste it. It's funny that it's like, I'm sorry, if you have a one-on-one date, you can go to Paris. But if you have a group date, sweetie, no, you're going to be on the boat the whole time. Yeah, like, not even like... don't get to leave. Not even in to the port fair. city of La Havre. You're yeah. just like literally on <laughs> the boat. Only on the boat. <laughs> to be fair, though, they're usually just like trapped in a really like bland hotel room yeah, and not allowed fair. to but leave like, and when have they to go eat on room the group service. Date, when they go on the group date, they get to like walk through the streets that and be like, true. we're here, we're here That is Paris. true. On the group date, they usually do get to have a brief walk. And then this, they clearly just get sent deeper into the bowels <laughs> of the ship and <laughs> to the, the black box boxing studio. And Subterranean boxing ring. <laughs> <laughs> they will be competing in French boxing or savate, which includes kicking. So the more you know. And then before they compete in their rounds, they will each have to share why they're the perfect match for Gabby. And as a prize, one of them will get a private dinner or evening date with her. The real point of this group date, though, (laughs) actually seems like torturing Rachel. Yes. Like, we barely, like, the impact of the, like, one-on-one portion of this date is absolutely nominal. And the whole thing is just, like, let's bring Rachel, make her... stand like 200 feet away from all of her men during Gabby's date and watch all of Gabby's men profess their love to Gabby. Yeah. And wait to see if any of her men come over when they have like not really been given an easy pathway to like reaching her. I bet they could do it though. I feel like we, we know a lot about production. And so it's like often very obvious where things are being produced. I feel like this scene is one of the most clearly produced scenes on The Bachelor in a very long time. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, one, why are her guys even there? This is Gabby's group date. Like, why is she there? Why are her guys there? Two, it's like hard to even feel like the lies she's being fed by the producers of like, why aren't they coming over here to see you are real when they're so far away. I'm like, it does seem hard for them to walk up onto this stage to be with you. Like, you could also also go over there. A lot of these guys are, like, rule followers. Like, we see this a lot on these shows where it's like, you're constantly being told, oh, you can approach the lead. No, you can't. You usually have to, like, be told, yeah, now's time for your one-on-one time. And you can break those rules, but you have to, it has to occur to you to do that. And I think, like, the guys were probably in the mindset of like, well, this isn't our date. Like, yeah. but they also should, it would have been a good move definitely well, to like be also, more attentive. So I understood, also- I just, it just was so clearly putting everyone at a disadvantage and trying to make Rachel feel like shit and trying to put the men in a position where they would inadvertently make her feel like shit. And also let Logan uh, build himself up to ultimately reject Rachel. I just hated it. Yeah, I 
I think that, like, what sucked about this, clearly it's very produced. It not only gives Rachel a full breakdown, it also turns Gabby's date, which seems like it went really well, into just a backdrop for Rachel's breakdown. So all of the cute speeches that we see are kind of put through, like, a voice filter to make it sound like a nightmare Rachel's having. Like, it's like it's not really happening. We only actually hear Nate's. Nate's is the only one that we get the complete speech. Yeah, we hear a couple clips, but it's truly framed around, like, it's so hard for Rachel to hear this when her guys are not making an effort with her. And so both of the women get completely shortchanged by set up. And, like, it really felt like they they broke off into two groups for a reason, not to be compared with each other. And, like, for Rachel to, like, be asked to agree to this setup to see her guys again... It just feels like the thing where your friend is like, I'm going to still be friends with my ex because, like, they're so important to me. But every time they hang out, they have a breakdown because they're like, why did he yeah. break up with me? I miss him. And, like, mm-hmm. Rachel's just, like, going through that with Gabby and, like, the the situation with Gabby. It's like, just don't go to her group date. Like, what good will come of it? You're going to feel like shit afterwards. So she ends up saying one thing that I thought was really a striking uh, piece of evidence of how this show is failing her this season. I think we have a clip of it. I don't know why I feel more insecure, more desperate on the side of being the bachelorette than I did on the side of being a contestant on Glean season. Truly, he made me feel more wanted than these guys make me feel. This was so, so telling. And it really does show you how far the show is going to put her in a position to feel unwanted and rejected because she's now allegedly the one who has some control and yet she feels like far less in control. Yeah. With Clayton, he was Clayton dating was all so, her friends. Yeah, but he was like really into her and he showed right. it. And like, he showed yeah, it. she doesn't feel like these guys are making an effort for her. I mean, I do think they could have tried to make eye contact with her. It's like, did they yeah, want to smile at her or what? <laughs> I mean, we see, we saw the dudes do a similar thing, though, to Gabby when she mm-hmm. went to the house and they were just, like, throwing right. a football. Right. We've also seen this. Whose season was it where they did the, like, elementary school games and The Bachelorette was like, oh, none of them are paying attention to me. They're all just here to compete with each other. And it's like, this is a reoccurring problem on The Bachelorette yeah. because you, like, put these very competitive guys in a competitive atmosphere And they don't watch the show, so they don't realize that, like, the goal isn't to win this fucking game. The goal is to go talk to her. (laughs) And often there is some, like, some some sense that, like, it's unseemly for a guy to do. Like, if a guy were to, like, go over and talk to her, it would be like, that's not cool, man. Like, that's not fair that you got that extra time. That, like, no consideration of, like, what you should be doing to advance your relationship with the, The Bachelorette. It's just, like... How should you be comporting yourself with your bros? Like, should you get extra time with the lead? No, that's sneaky. That's villain behavior. Um, And all the guys are just playing it really straight on on her group right now. So after the date ends, I mean, Gabby is soaring. She got some really beautiful speeches from the guys. Like, Nate had a whole list of little qualities about her that he's noticed. Like, that she shakes her head a little bit when she starts talking. I love him. So cute. (laughs) So cute. And she gives the one-on-one date to Spencer. And they have a little private evening hang. 
only discuss the military and, and how it's just, just one way of bettering the world around you by joining the U.S. military. I, think I just like had a full blackout and was like, I'm going to pretend <laughs> this day didn't happen. I don't. Okay. I'm like, is is like the army clipping this for their recruitment ad? Like, I don't, I don't know. Not to denigrate. Spencer Spencer's service or or Gabby's experience growing up in a military family it just was like it, w- it was I think it felt especially odd because it was the only thing we saw them talk about right yeah because we were too busy with Rachel's breakdown to learn right. anything else besides this man was in the military <laughs> right so they really vibe they end up making out Gabby's feeling great meanwhile Rachel is crying and being like Every day is the worst day of my life here. I can't go on. And the guys are just like, those boxing matches were really dope. Just loved watching those boxing matches. But when are we going to get to see Rachel again? We haven't seen her for like a week. Except for today, I guess. As one of them finally <laughs> points out. We did see her at the boxing match. But like that obviously didn't count. So Rachel bursts in, stone-faced, tear-stained, and gives a full emotional speech about how upset she is. And she's like, I think I went through a lot at the last rose ceremony. I was really looking forward to the next time I saw you guys. You did accept my rose. You did tell me you wanted to be here, but you really made me feel hurt and unseen. I was trying so hard to make eye contact with someone. No one was looking at me. No one came over. Every chance you get to have a little moment could have meant a lot to me tonight. And she tells them that she was really hurt and she was crying and just like, Reminder, this is what you're here for. And then she just turns and walks out. And the men are just stunned. It was just, it was rough. And it was one of those things where you could tell, like, they have been very disconnected from what she's been experiencing in the larger setting. And, like, they didn't register that anything was wrong. Yeah. I don't know. It was just shitty all around they looked so stunned like when she came in crying that i'm like i just feel like they must have been told that they couldn't go talk to her right like they must have really felt like they weren't allowed to because like they looked stunned that she came in and was like why didn't any of you talk to me yeah i'm like oh yeah it's the producers are just like rubbing their hands together and they're just we did it but i i do think that there is like a way that they can set up these dates to create like a little romantic obstacle course that's just like the guy who really will fight for you will find a way to make a special moment with you right now oh none of them did well guess they hate you guess they hate you you suck um (laughs) so before we head into our next ad break uh kelsey unfortunately um (laughs) Has to leave a little early today. Tragic. But Kelsey, before you go, we want to hear your thoughts on Hayden because I know you have a theory. Mm, Okay. So, yes, my, I hate Hayden. Like, (laughs) in my body, I hate Hayden. Correct. Correct answer. That is the only correct answer to his existence. But I like, you know, we use the word gaslighting to mean a lot of things in general. When he starts talking about, like, no, I didn't, that is just, like, the definition of gaslighting, which I'm sure that both of you will get into. But the other thing I want to talk about is the fucking dog book because it makes me so mad. And there's, like, a theory in – there's a whole theory in screenwriting. I'm not a screenwriter, but there's a theory by Blake Snyder called – that 
is when you introduce a hero into a story, you have to have them do something that people recognize as universally good in order to make them likable, right? So the, it's called the save the cat theory, right? Mm-hmm. So like our hero saves a cat. Now it doesn't matter if he does something bad because we all believe he's a good person. And the dog book just feels like I think this man might be a sociopath because like the dog book to me feels like an intentional manipulation of that, right? Of like, look what a good guy I am. I left my dying dog, which like one, anyone who loved their dying dog would not leave for the bachelorette. Especially when he clearly like will keep being like, these women aren't as good as my ex. So go back to your dying dog already. Go home to your dog. (laughs) Two, it's like clear that he's trying to be like, look what a good guy I am. Not like, let me share my dog with you, but like, look how I am good. See me. See that I'm good, which is all a farce in order to manipulate you. And I hate that. Please do not use dogs for your own evil schemes. I appreciate that you're saying this as a dog person, Kelsey, because as someone who has a cat, I was like, am I just not being sympathetic enough to his dog story? Okay. No, (laughs) I I am sympathetic to the dog. Yeah. If my dog was dying, my perfect angel dog that I love, no way in hell would I be going on The Bachelorette. Oh, a chance to find love? No. My dog is dying. Like, I'm staying here. So, and I'm like, you took that duck? That's the dog's duck. You that his, really you know, upset duck? me, actually. That really I'm upset like, me, too. I was like, like how you dare left, you? You left your dog that's dying, and you took her duck? Like, this is... No, absolutely yeah. he, not. He was I'm like, this is my dog's this duck dog. that came to radiation with the dog every day. And I'm like, okay, so the dog loves the duck, and, and you now the dog doesn't have the duck. You and or the duck. You Rambo like, doesn't have the duck or his owner now. I'm... Very upset. Also, you have a whole book of pictures. Show her a picture of Rambo with the duck and be like, I took his little, like, foot. But the rest of the duck is at home with my dog, who I love, because it's his best friend. Instead of being like, here is my dog's disgusting duck (laughs) that I have pulled out of my bag and which I stole from him. No. It's truly, truly a very revealing choice to take the entire cancer duck away yes. from his dog and just fling it out on the table in front of Ga- in front of Rachel. Like and a you side can tell of that it's like not convincing because Rachel just like looks uncomfortable the whole time. Right. Yeah. She knows what's happening. People, yeah. I thank you so much for sharing that before <laughs> leaving us. That was really important. I'm so and sorry. We really needed that insight. <laughs> I'll miss you both. Uh, yes. We'll miss you too. Come back soon. We okay, love you, Kelsey. Bye. We will have you back soon. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about Rachel's group date and yes, to really get into what Hayden did. Can you keep up? I like, love it. I am so glad that it's finally warming up and it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. 
I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we are back. And after her emotional breakdown, poor Rachel now has to host a group date for all of the men who upset her. This group date is actually cruel because, like, I... This is what really, really pissed me off at production, actually. Even after all the shit they were doing, I was like, you gave Gabby the date where guys compete for her, and you gave Rachel... The awkward, humiliating seduction date that, like, Gabby, I think, could have played with. Gabby could have maybe had fun with this from a place of confidence and silliness. And Rachel is, like, insecure, nervous. Now she has to, like, smell dude's armpits. I was so upset. Like, this is, this, she does not deserve this. Oh, it's no good. She greets the group in her, like, little shirt dress and gives up, like, she looks very cute, but also, like, a little bit, like, stern teacher and she is yes. going to give them another little talking to and is like I hope that today you will actually prove you want to be here instead of and acting up and not doing your homework all right let's go and meanwhile we're getting these like little Logan ITMs where he's like I don't want to be here I wish I was with <laughs> Gabby I'm like Logan I'm gonna murder you he sucks so they enter a room together where a middle-aged French couple is, I guess you could call it making out, but mostly like, they're sort of gently sucking at and noisily nibbling near each other's lips. 
they're like running their lips over each other's faces. It's like a lot more noise than like (sighs) real makeout action. It was just, it was so awkward. And they, they're also bad actors because they do it for like, they are making out for a very long time. And then they're like, oh, I did not see you there. Yeah. These are Rachel's close personal friends (laughs) who have no idea what, how to behave in social contacts, Flora and Boris. They and are, they are seduction and yeah. romance experts. I was like, do not take any advice on how to seduce anyone from these two. I don't trust them. I mean, they seduced each other, didn't they? And I hope that this isn't just part of their business and that they actually want to be making out. Um, so the first task that they set these gentlemen is to flirt with Rachel. So Rachel has to stand in the middle of this room, like on a throw carpet (laughs) and wait for the men to approach her and flirt with her, which I do think that Flora and Boris did not set these men up for success because they were like, flirtation (laughs) is not verbal. It's body language. And I'm like, well, it's also verbal. You can definitely probably need to flirt with a little bit of verbal. I think they really would have done better if it was verbal. Yeah, because they're just like, how do I flirt with Rachel non-verbally? And they mostly go with just grabbing her and trying to kiss or dance with her. Poor Zach just ends up like fully putting Rachel in a headlock. And she's like, I don't, (laughs) I can't breathe. Like he just panics. He's like, I really have to do a great job. And he steps up to her and he takes her hand and he's like, uh, what if I went behind her and I just wrap my arms around her neck real quick? And she's, she's like, like, I'm no, I need to breathe. Um, <laughs> I don't like to be choked. Cut to Zach's new Chiron, the Lahava Strangler, which <laughs> I appreciated actually. Um, that's one mark in productions column, and there yeah, they are did many in their loss that's, column. That's the editor, yeah. The yeah. editor is having some fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jordan, this was a, a low for me. Jordan kisses her hand and then panics and whispers, kiss me. And she whispers, love- no. That was a high for me, Rachel, <laughs> saying no. That was a high. I mean... I don't think they were set up for success with the nonverbal thing, but like ordering women to kiss you is not a flirtation. It is a cover up for the fact that you don't know how to seduce them. You're just like, please fix this for me by kissing me. So it seems like I successfully flirted with you. It was like, but you didn't. I don't want to kiss you. This maybe seals Jordan's fate uh, for the week. Ethan sees all this happening and how uncomfortable Rachel seems that all these guys are basically just grabbing her and trying to like, touch her in weird ways so he decides to go the comedy route by like <laughs> attempted comedy route <laughs> he sort of like crawls up to her and sniffs around her feet like what meatball terms a sex panther but it looks more just like maybe a friendly doggy or something <laughs> or <laughs> a friendly doggy like trying to do like upskirt photos or something like I'm, like Rachel's like moving away being like yeah not, she's wearing like, a skirt like yeah. don't nose around her ankles meatball is just giving great commentary to the camera just being like Rachel's really not into any of this well I think Ethan she's, notices that she's not into it but then she wasn't into what he was doing the approach <laughs> then they all have to French kiss their own fists Oh, my God. This is so humiliating for all of them. They have to have a blindfolded Rachel smell their armpits. Because, you know, pheromones. Right. Um, And then they have to write and read aloud love letters to Rachel. Why does everyone think these need to be in verse? 
I yeah, do not know, but it, none it of said them. said letter, not poetry. I think that sometimes guys on these shows or, or women use bad rhyming to compensate for the fact that they have nothing interesting or specific to say. So like the guys who don't do poetry are just like, I hope that I am worthy to be supported by you, but most of all, loved by you. And it's like, snore. Like, you're not saying anything interesting or specific about Rachel or your connection. But what if you said it in verse, and suddenly it sounds like you've really done something? <laughs> like, Zach is like, at the end of this, I hope I'm your guy. I just love how we both grew up watching planes fly. Oh my god, I burst into full-on laughter at this point because we were joking about like this is the only thing we know about zach it's he the only thing he knows thing. about zach it's the only thing like he was like this is our one commonality there's nothing more to our connection I'm like come on zach dig a little deeper what do you like about her other than you both watched planes yeah that's that's not cutting it for me right now he doesn't understand scansion. That is a common problem with verse on these shows. It's like, you're just like, if the end of the sentence rhymes, it is a poem. And it's like, no, there's supposed to be some sort of like rhythm and meter cadence. and cadence. Um, Tyler actually had something prepared from the night before and it is another poem. And the scansion is even worse. I think oh we God, actually have was... a clip. I'm so upset. I'd wake up happy at just the thought of her smile. My plans for the day making sure she always knew I'd go that extra mile. I finally felt like I had a purpose in this world. And I'd do whatever I could for this girl. <laughs> <laughs> Though I may get hurt once again, it's worth every second to feel again. He rhymed again with again. I'm upset. And he worked on that overnight. <laughs> the first two lines we heard are rhyming but there are like six extra beats in the second line. He's just like, I just got to keep going until I get to a rhyme. That's not how any of this works. <sighs> I'm upset. Um, but Rachel is feeling great. She's like, he wrote that before I told him to write something. That is called making an effort. That is called taking the initiative. And so I mean, she's I get great. it. She's yeah. just like, someone needs to make some fucking effort around here. And meanwhile, Logan is like, well, I still don't feel lightning bolts, even though I just read a love letter to Rachel. I, I'm i thinking about Gabby and just cooling my heels, waiting for a good opportunity to really grind Rachel's soul into the dust. Logan's an idiot. Like, you can just, like, ask for time with her. Like, I don't understand. He's being like, well, I'm thinking about Gabby. Like, maybe one day, eventually, I'll talk to them about it. And it's like... No, because he wants happen. a guarantee. He's like that classic dude who's like, I need to know I can jump to someone oh, right. else before I will dump my current girlfriend. He wants to talk to Gabby first. That That is clear. Yeah. He keeps being like, I, I really need to talk to Gabby. And it's like, no, you need to talk to Rachel. And then yeah. you may talk to Gabby if you wish, but don't think it's going to go well. She did not insist on having you in her group, if that tells you anything, buddy. I mean, I think Gabby did like Logan, but like... Right, but she if, he other was, people. if he was a high priority, if she was like, I think he could be the one, he would have been would've... in her group. She exactly. would have fought for him. Tyler, at this point, is awarded the extra one-on-one -on -one time with Rachel. She, he comes over to her suite. He pops the champagne with his bulging, tattooed biceps under his little short sleeve, button-down shirt. And she's like, tell me more about this poem that you wrote for me. And I think this was her way of asking about the time that he was hurt before. 
because he shares that he had a very serious relationship. Isn't he like 25? He's Am 25. I? Okay. I, that's all I could think about during this. Okay. So imagine a 25-year-old who had a very serious relationship in his past. Maybe he was 24, 23. He was ready to commit. Quote, I bought a house for us. And out of nowhere, she said she couldn't do it. She couldn't be with me anymore. She was going through her own stuff. Did she know that you were buying a house? I had the same for your question. life together. Because <laughs> if I'm dating a 24-year-old, I'm not thinking, wow, any day now, this guy is going to tell me that we have a mortgage together without any prior <laughs> warning. I have a lot of... I'm like, Tyler is so, so sweet, but... I'm worried for him. I'm scarred forever by the the memory of that episode of The Office where Jim surprises Pam with the news that he has bought his parents' house for them. And she's like, I love it, but she's fictional. And I don't know <laughs> if a real Pam would have been quite so psyched. Um, but Tyler is ready to buy another woman a house. He's like, I'm not going to be held back by the pain I suffered I want to love again. And Rachel's like, yes, no one understands this. Getting hurt is worth it to feel loved. I've never met anyone who agrees with that. Rachel's just like, I need some of that like earnest romantic energy that I have. And I think it's just a relief to see that mirrored for her by Tyler. He also says that like he loves that she's career oriented, that she's a pilot and that he, he basically says he'd be happy to pick up the domestic labor you know yeah i think what he says is i'd be happy to cook and clean for my wifey uh, i think i blacked out <laughs> you wanted to wifey. gloss over that but i'm not letting that happen yeah exactly it was too painful <laughs> but i was i again the bar is so low for straight men but i was like i am glad that he like preemptively was like hey to be clear you don't need to be the one yeah. who is like doing all of the domestic labor like yeah. you might be gone for a week like i can do that i am a capable person and your partner Yeah. Not to be super like essentialist about this, but I do think that there might be a reason that men who are here for Gabby, who here for Rachel, who are going for Rachel, don't have quite that like alpha competitive drive and don't radiate that sort of like I'm the top dog, like going head to head sort of energy. And it's because Rachel is is an alpha. She's a top dog. She's a pilot. And they know that she needs a partner who is going to be comfortable taking a little bit of a backseat, picking things up at home. And like a lot of the guys in her group are like, yeah, I'm happy to to take care of our kids while you're on the road or in the air, I suppose. I'm happy to like cook and take care of the house. Those are wonderful qualities. It's just not what we're used to seeing in like a group of men who are being presented as like the most desirable and right. like the ultimate the ultimate like vision of masculinity. Yeah. Right. I think but you're I think absolutely it's very right. Sweet. And that Rachel I loved it. Yeah. And Rachel needs that. She needs the guys to not be like competing for her as a prize. And then at the end be like, but I'm gonna be like the top of my field and I need you to be at my side and like giving up your dreams as a pilot. Like she needs the guys who know what they're signing up for and who are into it. And Tyler is into it, or so he says. She's like, you're saying all the right things. So let's get into our swimsuits and climb into that hot tub for some special hot tub time. Meanwhile, production knows, Rachel, she's having a good time. Someone is being kind to her. So of course, (laughs) it's time for Logan to have a one-on-one with Jesse. 
They're I, having like a secret meeting <laughs> in a dark bar in the ultimate bowels of the, the ship. <laughs> they make it feel so illicit. Like it's like a bootlegger, like meeting up with his like distributor or something. They're, they're just, like, like probably, no one can know we're here. They're like on a floor <laughs> where they're like only producers. At, like, you know, it's like not a bar where yeah. any of the other cast would wander by. No that's, one that's would hear him scream. Um, yeah, I mean, this. I applaud Logan for taking a step, for being like, I need to talk to them about having this conversation with Gabby and Rachel. And I'm sure producers were like, you need to have a sit down with Jesse if you want a chance at this. Like, you have to, like, express on camera exactly what you're going through so the audience will understand. And yeah. so that's why we get this conversation. And yeah, he tells Jesse that when he first spoke with Gabby out of the limo. He felt such a spark, like fireworks, whatever. And then they never got another real chance to have a conversation. And then Rachel offered him the rose. But as much as he sees that Rachel is a wonderful woman, he still feels like there's something there with Gabby that isn't there with Rachel. And he's like, I need to talk to to Gabby. And Jesse's like, well, you did accept that rose and thereby promise that you are only going to pursue Rachel. And he's like, yes, but... I love that Jesse was like, to be clear, (laughs) we were very clear about what the rose meant, right? You acknowledge that you did that? It wasn't in the fine print. Like, it was right up top. (laughs) Also, I just, I do think that Logan genuinely liked Gabby at the beginning, but this was a guy who wanted to just, like, be able to leave all his options open for as long as possible. Because he's the one who, he went in for a kiss with Rachel, like, right away. He was being very forward with the fact that he liked Rachel. So if he was like, I don't feel sparks with Rachel, I really feel sparks with Gabby, then he should have tried harder to prioritize his relationship with Gabby. But he didn't. Logan is like the classic guy who got fucked by how quickly they they divided the groups. Like he yes. thought that things were going to He thought he had more time. Yeah. And like I am sympathetic to the fact that like you can't force your feelings and sometimes you're forced to make a decision sooner than you're ready before you have all the information you need. That's difficult. But I am really losing sympathy because he's just hanging around like planning how he's going to talk to Gabby and secure a spot with her, knowing the cost to Rachel and what she's already endured. Like, you're not... Do you really think that you, like, desperately need to marry Gabby? Or are you just like, she's the one I prefer out of the ones here I'd like to switch? Like, I think that you can just gracefully exit... Bow out. Bow out and go back to your life, like... Right. Fucking around on Tinder or whatever guys are doing these days. Um... From what I hear, Logan is really out there in the okay. <laughs> well, <great>. San Diego <laughs> dating scene or Santa Barbara. Is it San Diego or Santa Barbara? I don't know. Wherever in Southern California. San somewhere. Is. Yeah. I'm 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 really losing sympathy. Um, but it's time for the cocktail party and Logan announces to the group that he's that tonight is all about honesty for him because he's ready to come forward with some honest truths. They're all probably just like, okay, man, like, please don't fuck up our time. I will say that so far, mostly the groups, generally speaking, do not seem like receptive to drama. Like, there isn't much interest in, like, getting into things with each other. They all just keep saying, like, can we just avoid, can we avoid this? Yeah. 
whenever the guys are like can we not upset them this week whenever the guys are like dropping hints or like trying to stir shit up the rest of the guys just look so bored (laughs) they are not trying to pick up on it they're like we've seen how this goes no thank you (laughs) and so gabby and rachel not knowing what's coming with logan potentially are both finally feeling really good they've had a couple good dates this week and they greet the van they toast and they start having some conversations and immediately rachel has a conversation that ruins her night um actually a couple conversations that <laughs> seem bad and collectively ruin her night. right first she g- with hayden she gets some time with Hayden, and Hayden, as as Kelsey spoke about earlier, has really come prepared. He's like, I didn't get to do my trauma bonding that will endear the audience and Rachel to me earlier. So yeah. I guess I have to do it now. He has prepared an album of photos of his dog Rambo, like one of those things you like print on Shutterfly that's like, you know, my wedding weekend, like or whatever, my 30th birthday weekend, and it's photos of his dog, Rambo. Who's very cute, by the way. This is, there's no Rambo s- slander here. My, I'm yeah. just concerned for Rambo. And we are kind of primed to view this more the way that Kelsey, and frankly, we view this, which is that he's being manipulative, because it's, the scenes of him sitting down with the album and Rachel are intercut with scenes of him in In the Moment saying like, I didn't really get time with her, and now the rose ceremony is coming up. My main goal now is to get that rose. Like, shades of Joe Bailey. He's like, give, also me, give me that rose. seen so much of Hayden, and He's none awful. of it has been flattering. So, you know, and he does, he tells Rachel. Rachel responds very appropriately to these cute photos. She's like, oh my gosh, this is so sweet. You love your dog. And then he gets into the fact that Rambo got diagnosed with a brain tumor, recently and like only has a few months to live despite the fact that they did treatment well he also says that like his dog's quote entire head caved in which i was like this is actually really really upsetting and yeah i was like and like what the fuck i yeah i didn't even know i was like what like i want to understand but also i don't also it's just really upsetting like yeah it's horrifying the whole thing, though, does end up reading as though he's using his, like, incredibly sick, sweet dog as yeah. a prop because we have just yeah. seen him talking about how Rachel doesn't have the proper, like, emotional responses to things, how, like, he – she doesn't, you know, hold a candle to his ex, like, how no one there – like, he can't imagine wanting to marry any of these women. So it just, like, it, this is – there's no way right. that this is going to come off as genuine. So he's saying, like, you know – the doctor said we could maybe get a year with Rambo if we did radiation. So I did that. At this point, he has only a couple of months. So he decided to go on the show during this critical period where Rambo is really nearing the end of what the the vets believe is his life after this painful illness. And he says, well, I, I clearly I'm telling you this to show you that I wouldn't be here if my intentions weren't to further their relationship. Right. And like the fact that we have seen him basically say this relationship is not worth pursuing and she's not worth pursuing. Then you start to be like, so why are you here? And why are you showing her this? Yeah, go back and be with your dog and also return your dog's 
beautiful oh, yeah. cancer duck. Like, yeah, it's, I'm so it's very generous of you to call it beautiful. It's a very well-loved doggy toy, large-ish stuffed animal shaped like a duck. And he like has it out on the table and is like, this is my dog's cancer duck who came to all the radiation appointments. And she's like, oh, and he's like, well, obviously I can't bring it on all my dates. So I just bring the paw and he shows that he has the paw in his pocket. And it's like, okay, so why did you bring the whole duck that your dog loves so much and finds so comforting? But Rachel's doing her best. She's like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, I can see how hard it is for you to be away from your dog. And like, mostly what I see is that he's watching her very closely to see if she's impressed by the fact that he loves his dog so much. Yeah, but she is responding completely appropriately. She's being empathetic. She's had quite a bit of time with him. Towards the end of their conversation, Tino comes in, which is, again, what people do during yeah. a cocktail party. He comes in and he's like, can I, you know, steal Rachel for a sec? And Rachel turns to Hayden and is like, okay, I'm going to go talk to Tino and gives him a hug and is like, thank you so much for sharing with me. And Hayden, his response here is like, I am furious that Rachel would dare think of walking away from me, the main character in this story, while I'm talking about Rambo. Like, she is a failure of a bachelorette, of a woman. Like, he is just like, wow, she's clearly not a person that I should sacrifice any time for because, I don't know, she's attending to relationships that don't include me. Yeah, he's like, she should have, I would have thought she would have asked for a minute to, like, give me a minute to, like, really finish our conversation. I was like, you are clearly out of things to say to each other. And, like, she was just trying to be as sympathetic as possible. And then she very much turned to you and was like, is it okay if I go, like, to my next conversation, hug, like, very sweet. Like, what? (sighs) I understand that sometimes you're sharing something emotional on this show and the lead does not have the capacity to respond appropriately. Maybe he felt like she wasn't really accessing a, a soft enough part of her here but like based on all the context it's pretty clear that he thought he could he could like extract some form of like uh special attention and intimacy from her right by wielding this and he's pissed that it didn't work as well as he wanted well exactly and he also it's not like he's expressing sadness that like oh i'm like feel really bummed that that got cut off and like i had more to say or i wish she would have taking more time with me. I'm really emotional now. He's like pissed. Oh, he's, he's just like, I'm so entitled, ready for- I'm entitled to her time, her affection, her intimacy, her attention. I'm entitled to being rewarded by showing this soft piece of myself. Like, it's yeah. just, it's so gross. Every interaction that they have is just an opportunity for him to, to take, take note of more things that he thinks she falls short in that he can- exactly that he can use against her in the future. So he goes back and starts doing another little fucking press tour of the guys and being like, I'm really disappointed because Rachel left our conversation too early and I was telling her about my dog with a tumor and I just don't think I could really feel comfortable like marrying her after how that went. Like that was really hard. Like she didn't really understand how hard it was for me to be away from Rambo. And Meatball's like, this is ridiculous. Like, it's time for me to, like, tell Rachel <sighs> Meatball what's going is on. the hero we need in this moment. Yeah, this is the actual saving of the cat. Like, Meatball yeah. can do no wrong after this. I'm like, Meatball saved the cat from Hayden. <laughs> and Meatball, it, it, it is so interesting to me how 
men, despite knowing that they're on camera, really do feel like any space they enter in which they are only around other straight men is a safe space for them to, like, openly express disdain for women. Yeah. Including women that they are romantically involved with. Oh, like, yeah. He just assumes, like, well, Meatball's a straight man. Yeah. So he'll be receptive to what I have to say. And he doesn't pick up on any of the fact that, like, every time Meatball's, like, eyes are wandering, his, like, head is in his hands, he's, like, clearly uncomfortable. No. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. And I think that, like, part of it also is that, like, they reveal that this is how they feel about all women. And, that, like, he's not just, like, right. Rachel isn't good enough for me so we can talk about her this way. He's like, these guys are actually dating Rachel, but they're still cool with her being talked about this way. They know I'm right. Like, they think, he thinks that people really get into relationships and marry women having this much contempt for those women because that's exactly. how he thinks of the women that he is involved with. So Meatball sits with Rachel and he's like, thank you for my second chance. She's like, you're out of the doghouse. And he's like, but on a serious note. You can uh, see her panic. She's like, are you going to reject me now? I know. Like, She's like, are you fucking serious? Like, I just let him out of the doghouse. And for what? But he's like, no, look, I like you. I respect you. I want to be honest with you. I spoke with Hayden after the rose ceremony in LA. And he said that both you and Gabby were overreacting to what he said. He made a vulgar comparison between you and his ex. Something about brass boobs? I just heard breasts. Like comparing his ex's breasts to her. I feel like there was like a bleep or something. I got like confused about what was said, but it was. It's unclear, but it had to do with with breasts. And, And he also said, I don't trust these bitches, referring to you and Gabby. And Rachel's like, well, look. I trust Meatball's character. Like, you can say a lot of things about Meatball, but I don't think he would lie about this. And And this is such a good moment for Rachel because they are so intent on portraying her as this, like, weepy, wilting wallflower. But she actually is an incredibly strong person. And more than a lot of people leads, both men and women that we've seen on this show, Rachel is decisive. When she decides someone has to go home, She's like, I'm not, I don't need to, I'm trusting my instincts. I've seen enough from you. Yeah. Go away. She fully only gave Hayden another chance because she was slightly more interested in him than Jacob. And she was like, they both fucked up. And like, maybe Hayden fucked up a little bit less from what I heard. Or maybe, maybe we can get past this somehow. But if she had had one more guy in her group to give a rose to... I don't think that Hayden would have gotten one. I agree. She was already on the fence. And so... She interrupts him as he's telling the very bored-looking guys, still at length, how much it hurt that she stood up too quickly from their conversation. And Rachel summons him, leads him off looking furious, and says... Did you you notice that some of the other men, including Gabby's men, were like, oh, Rachel looks pissed. Oh, yeah. Rachel's pissed. (laughs) (sighs) Incredible. Um, There's so many opportunities so far this season for people to... For, for the men to be like, Rachel's coming and she doesn't look happy. <laughs> um, but she's she's ready to to do some, some brass knuckles stuff right now. So she gets Hayden alone and she says, do you know why I'm talking to you right now? And he says, no, Rachel, I don't. Like a smarmy little <sighs> jerk. And then she he's like, well, I assume it's about Rambo. And she's... And Rachel is like... She's stunned. Stunned. She's, she goes, about the dog 
And he's like, like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's doing this thing where he's trying to, like, prompt her to realize that she should be apologizing to him for how that went. He's like, I think so. That's what I would have said. I've spoken to a few people about what I said. And to be frank, I I got our, I think our conversation got interrupted. Like, he's waiting for her to be like, oh, yes, I'm sorry for how our conversation got interrupted. It's like the way that you're talking to, like, condescending. It's like you're talking to a child and you're trying to get them to realize that they broke a rule. It's so patronizing. I. So she, I'm putting my face in my hands. That is also what Rachel did during this conversation many times. That's just the only way you can deal with talking to Hayden. Because it's also what Meatball is constantly doing when he's talking to Hayden. We're all just like, oh my God. I I need to put my hands on my face. Rachel was so like eloquent and composed in while she was eviscerating him. And I was like, I think I would have just been stuttering and like with rage and not even been able to express myself. So I was very impressed with her. Yeah, I think we have a clip of the next part of their conversation. I had some more information brought to me tonight, and I'm actually really upset about it because I feel after what was said about Gabby in LA, I was willing to kind of move forward this week. And the next day, you went and said, I can't trust these bitches. That's not what I said. I just don't believe you. Well, that's fine, but it's not what I said. Okay. Did you make comments comparing me to your ex, my boobs to your ex? No. No. You didn't? No. I did not say anything. I did not compare anyone to you. Okay. Lies. (sighs) Deep breaths. And then he goes, it upsets me that someone would even come or say that. I don't speak like that. That's not in my character. Like, Hayden, you're on... It's on camera. Camera. And this, this is classic gaslighting. This is literally trying to make Rachel doubt the reality. The reality also, by the way, which we all share, which is that all of these comments have been caught on camera and witnessed by the other men. Yeah, he's trying to make her feel crazy or stupid for for when it's clearly so out of the realm of possibility. He's so confused. He's so innocent. Like She's like, literally the only thing I know of you is that you do make shady, shitty comments. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's the thing, too. It's just such a classic, like, just Republican Senate candidate to be like, oh, yeah, I, I, that's not in my character, like, denying some, like, horrible thing that they did that there is, like, documented evidence of. And right. it's like, you can't just make reference to your character. Your character is what you do. And so what you did was trash. all this stuff you're denying. <laughs> so, like, that's your character. It sucks. It's not in my character. You did it. Um, right. He is so, so garbage. And Rachel finally says, look, the person who told me this, I don't think they would make this up. I'm giving you the chance to own up to it right now. And he's like, well, I'm telling you explicitly, I didn't say those things. She seems on the verge of snapping at this point. Yeah. She basically interrupts his his final line. It's just like, all right, well, I'm at the end of my rope and I'm going to walk you out. And he's like, OK. She's like, he just lies. He just lies. There's nothing you can do. Like, I'm just ready for him to get the fuck out, to be frank. I loved this for her. I was like, yeah, this is fucking relatable. She's just like, also, she's so aware at this point that she's like, I've been handed this group of men that I need to be like corralling all the time and I need to be disciplining. And I'm like, fucking over it. And this guy needs to get out of my face. I don't need to waste any more time with him. And I also actually appreciated that she didn't do the annoying thing that so many of the bachelors do 
where she's like, well, let's call Meatball over here so you can have a little debate with him in front of me and I can decide. Like, she's like, yeah. no. So I, I know can who sit I here believe. and be like, you're full oh. of shit. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand that sometimes it can be hard to figure out who's lying, but Rachel trusts her gut. Her gut is good. Hayden has said some shitty things exactly. already, and now he's pretending that's something he would never, ever do. Meatball, to his own detriment, can be a little too honest about exactly what is going on in there. So who are you going to trust here? Just go with it, you know? So then at the gangway, is that what it's called when you're getting off the cruise ship? I don't. Do you think I'm a boat person, Claire? <laughs> I know I'm not a boat person. So at the gangway, gangplank, he tells her that he respects her as a woman. And then he leans forward and embraces her stiff, unwilling body without consent. And I was like, her yeah, that tracks. facial expression during this is just like pure disgust. If there was I, ever- my love for Rachel really <laughs> skyrocketed during this entire thing, even though I don't wish for her to be put in this position. If there was ever a time to ask, can I give you a hug? This was certainly it. And Rachel knows it, but Hayden did not. No, it's just because he's such a big respecter of all women. Yeah. He's a man who just loves and respects. And there are various women. Comparable and incomparable boobs and bitchy behaviors. So outside, as he gets into his car, Hayden is already spinning. He's mustered up some tears. He's like, I really wanted this to work. But I want Rambo more. No, dude, you didn't make this choice. You were literally cast out. I also like I can't with this, this man. Is, he's doing Samantha Jones. It's like, I love you, but I love me more. Myself more. But with Rambo, and it's a lie because he's not leaving because he wanted Rambo more. He's leaving because Rachel was like, you're a liar. And then he gives this little speech. I think we have a clip. I know right now for a fact that no one has the amount of love that I have for Rambo and that Rambo has for me. I am blessed that I have Rambo, who loves me unconditionally. Rachel, I hope you find someone that is going to treat you the way that Rambo treats me. I just want to say, incredibly telling to compare the relationship between a man and a woman to the relationship between a man and his dog. Like, if that's the dynamic you're looking for, you're going to be disappointed, buddy. It truly does seem to be how Hayden thinks about yeah. women. So this is all just very telling. He's truly like, I don't need a, a girlfriend. I have a dog, and that dog gives me everything a woman could never. And that's why my dog is basically Yeah, I think he's girlfriend. looking for a wife so that he will have someone to clean up after him. Rambo doesn't do that. <laughs> that is the one thing that he could get from a wife that he can't get from Rambo. Um, also, I just the idea is like, did anyone has anyone heard of this idea of dogs just loving you unconditionally? Because I don't think anyone else has ever experienced this, but my dog loves me so much. And like other people don't experience that, but I do with my dog. It's like, yeah, no, everyone knows about boy. this. <laughs> He's a very special, special boy. Yeah. But poor Rachel is just so depleted by this turn of events. Like, she's just been so exhausted for days now. She just finds a couch to lay down on and weep. Yeah. It, this is so upsetting. She's she's just exhausted. So she's like, sniffles. why Why do I keep, why? I think she says at one point, like, can I just have one day yeah. where someone doesn't act like this? I will say that she she gave a really long in the moment after the group date with Gabby's men. 
And they definitely use the hell out of that because once again, they use the same voiceover clip of her saying like, I'm having too many of these moments. I'm so done. And it's like, yes, I heard that before when I saw her saying it in the little athletic ensemble. I was like, I think she's not having that particular breakdown right now. I think she's more angry yeah, I do Post think she's, Hayden, but she's they sniffling are like a little bit. She's tired. She's sniffling, she's but angry. they are definitely clipping yes. her audio from earlier. Yeah, she's sniffling so much this episode that I was like, does she have a cold or is she just constantly post-cry? And I think she might be constantly post-cry. I think that that is what they're putting her through. Um, so she's she's suffering, but I, I did find this to be one of her most relatable moments, just like looking around Same. to see if anyone was nearby and then like sliding down flat like, on the there's couch. A couch. It's probably like 3 a.m. She's like, I have to yell at these morons. <laughs> I don't actually want to marry any of them. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Maybe Tino, but like how many times can some guy with helmet hair, you know, make you feel like a, an idiot before you get to marry Tino potentially? Exactly. Jesse comes in to the guys and says that because of some things that, that Hayden said that was very disturbing, the cocktail party has been canceled and Logan and is upset. Logan's upset. He's like, okay, sure. That guy said some very disturbing things and really hurt Rachel. But what I feel affronted by is that I didn't get my turn to hurt Rachel. Yeah. It's like I called dibs on hurting Rachel tonight. Like so that was gonna, that, Hayden that to, was gonna be to my thing. In. Um, and so it's time for the rose ceremony, which is outdoors in the blistering cold in the most virgin voyages looking space ever. Like lots of V's V based motifs and like backdrops of like blue lights, like sort of like cell phone couture, like very virgin. And the women are obviously freezing because they we can tell this because they've been given truly truly over the top capes to wear they literally look like some of the like vampires in the twilight movies like they are like (laughs) channeling some sort of like otherworldly supernatural creature vibe like is it game of thrones is it twilight i don't know but it is winter. Winter is coming. Winter is here. Yeah. And these women are... It's like Game of Thrones need did to, a yeah. cell phone ad. Exactly. That is what we're looking at. So the Rose Havers get to hang out inside. So that's how you know they're winning. They are in two separate sort of winner's circle hangouts. Tino and Tyler have roses for Rachel. Jason and Spencer have roses for Gabby. So they just get to hang out in there and be like, who do we think is going to come in next? Okay, I love this added thing. They, I it love that we get even to more hear. like a sports thing. It does, but I found it hilarious and relatable. Because I'm like, of course they're sitting around waiting there for like 35 minutes, being like, yeah, gonna come okay, it's no. gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be Zach, right? It, it's yeah? like Rachel oh and Gabby are like the team owners, and they are like fantasy players. Exactly, they're drafting their fantasy picks. And when Ethan walks in instead of Logan, they're like, oh, <laughs> I just got wiped out. Um, uh, and so Ro- Gabby and Rachel, though they've taken on separate journeys, are still randomly doing the roses as like what like back and forth roses. Like they're very it feels very integrated, even though their groups are different. Gabby gives a rose to Nate. 
Rachel to Avon, Gabby to Eric, Rachel to Meatball, Gabby to Johnny, Rachel to Zach, Gabby to Michael, Rachel to Ethan, Gabby to Mario, Rachel to Logan, who decides to take her rose just so that he can stay and eventually betray her, even though she only has a few guys left. And it's like, really? You're going to take that rose? He's like, wow, I feel like the bad guy. I'm like, Logan, you seem a little bit self-aware. You're going to look terrible. You're he, off. You're going to be the bad guy. This is not going yeah. to end well for He's you. He's saying that in the way where you, he wants people to be like, no, you're not the bad guy. And it's like, but no, you feel that way for like, a good reason. Logan, that. you really fucked this up. Afterwards, they really make a meal of this in the editing. He reflects and is in the moment like, I feel like the bad guy. I feel selfish. But I would be a fool not to accept a rose if it means I get to talk to Gabby. There's still hope. There's still time. And so we hear him like as the the champagne toasts are going on on in both of the the rooms. We hear him in voiceover saying, "This could all be a disaster and blow up in my face." It is the most blaze of dramatic, glory. dramatic music. It's like fully like this is the Titanic. Yeah, like, it's like <laughs> the action scene is about to start. He's like, "Fortune favors the bold." Like the camera's lingering on his serious face amid the toast. Like he's the only one who knows what's coming. They're also doing these extremely dramatic night shots of the boat from above, again, pulling (laughs) out the drones. And it's just like crazy lights from the ship, the dark stormy waters below. Like (laughs) this is a metaphor for what is to come. I feel like they're framing him almost as like an action movie hero or something. Like he is the one with the secret mission. Chances of success are slim, but he has to be bold. Like, almost like this is just a movie and he's Tom Cruise in this movie. Except I think that they know the audience is going to hate him. So they're almost like playing with the fact that he thinks he is that person. Exactly. He is going to go full villain next next week based on the the previews. And they're definitely setting him up to... To look like he thought he was going to be the hero, but instead he was going to be the person who's trying to blow up the building or whatever villains do in Tom Cruise movies. Um, I've never really seen one. Telling on myself. Okay, so in the winner's circle, Avon is like, let's just have one good week, not hurt Rachel. Logan's like, well, <laughs> no. <laughs> Going home, meanwhile, are Jordan for Rachel Kirk and Quincy for Gabby. I just want to say, pour one out for Quincy. He is the most likable life coach who has ever appeared on this show. I did not have high hopes for him. literally forgot he was a life coach. That's how much I liked him. Yeah. Like, not an easy feat. Yeah. Seems much more relatable than, than in his social media photos. Next, they are headed to Bruges. Really leaning into my (laughs) fake French accent. They're headed to Bruges next week on the cruise of a lifetime on The Valiant Lady. And that brings us to the end of the episode. And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. Let's start with Love to See It. First, I just love to see Jason out here 
shining a light on the importance of therapy and also astutely pointing out that Hayden is simply projecting his shit onto Gabby. Yeah, I kind of, I'm like, should Jason be my therapist? Is he accepting clients? I think he's ready. Because also I do. He could help you parent yourself. Yeah, he could help me parent myself. I also do like to do a lot of the talking in therapy. And so I'm like, (laughs) he would really let me take over. But then at a key moment, he'd just be like, you can't take that personally. That wasn't about you. You're amazing. And I'd be like, Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, handsome therapist. I feel I feel better now. Uh, also love to see Rachel's giddiness around Tino and the, the just like the connection they obviously have. Rachel needs these anchor points to have these guys who clearly adore her and are here for her. I wish that more of this season could be about that, but I feel good about about Tino. Me too. I also love to see Rachel and Gabby having really relatable drunken girl talk at a bar in Paris. Yeah. I love it. I want to relate to my bachelorettes uh, and I just want to see them having fun. Yeah. I also just love to see Gabby seeming like the funnest person ever to go to Paris with. Like, never at a loss for a joke to make and calling out those showers like they need to be called out. That's what I need. I love to see Tyler saying that he's willing to step up and hold down things at home when Rachel needs to be away because her career is that important. This should be a thing that more men are willing to do, and I like it. I agree. Also, love to see the show really leaning into Jesse's French and just basically turning it into Jesse's French hour. (laughs) You got to lean into the skills of the people that are on staff. And yeah. I'm glad they're recognizing Jesse's language skills. <laughs> Jesse's penchant for comedy and speaking French really shining through this episode. I also love to see Rachel's absolute fucking decimation of Hayden, one of the worst people to ever be on this show. I just I just know that in a few years we are going to hear about some up and coming like right-wing radio personality who's running for state senate and it's going to be Hayden. Like, (laughs) I'm worried about what he's going to do with this platform. Yeah, this man's going to be like a speaker at the next, like, turning point USA, like, youth convention. Also love to see the incredible overdramatic shots of the Virgin Voyages cruise ship. I hope that this show got paid a lot to advertise Virgin Voyages. I think they got a free place to record their entire show. That's I think, usually but how these things work. It's in Sometimes trade. they pay. That's true. Like the tourism board. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I'm not an expert, but I think based on the incredible promo they're getting, you know, pay up Virgin Voyages. And now it's time for Hate to See It. First of all, we fucking hate to see Hayden's complete and utter disdain for these women and all women, I gather, including calling Gabby and Rachel bitches, openly comparing them to his ex, and saying that he can't see why any guy there would want to marry them. Yeah. Yeah, not enjoyable. F-boy, (laughs) F-off. Emma just wants this show to be F Boy Island. <laughs> Carrie Fetman continuing to to do Rachel dirty on the styling. I did really like that one look from the cathedral, but I don't know. It's just it's not quite getting there. I just want I want more for her. 
I feel like I, I at this point I'm just looking around like who here is doing what they could be doing for Rachel to have the best exactly. bachelorette experience. I'm like none of having. you are setting her up for <laughs> the success she deserves, and I am incensed. <laughs> Who's gonna step up in this team? Uh, Only Gabby and Dino. <laughs> also, hate to see Logan's extreme f boy energy. Like. Logan. 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 Also, like, play the game smarter, my dude. He's not doing good. He's not doing a good job. I I think that Logan still doesn't understand that he needs to talk to Rachel before he talks to Gabby. And that sucks. That's not acceptable. You don't, like, ask your new girlfriend out before you break up with the other one. And I... I just, like, I'm, like, if you could just handle this, like, less of a dipshit, I would understand more what you're right. going through. Exactly. But exactly. Like, Again, it's his delivery. It's not the fact that he has feelings for Gabby that maybe he didn't completely tune into at the correct time. It's that he is handling this so poorly and, like, openly talking about how this is his plan but not following through and cluing Rachel in on it. And thus, he's, like, really withholding information and taking advantage of her at this point, and I don't like it. Yeah. We also finally just hate to see the show continuing to fucking break Rachel's spirit by making her feel unchosen and second fiddle to Gabby, and at the same time, thus making her emotional journey kind of more front and center than Gabby's. Like... We, you know, as you said earlier, Claire, about kind of Gabby's group date being overtaken by Rachel's turmoil. Like, they are both being done a disservice, and it doesn't need to be this way. And I really, really hope that this kind of settles down as we get into that latter half of the season and the men are whittled down. Yeah, I I hope so, too. It is really shortchanging both of them in different ways. And it's just, like, so demoralizing that... The show purports to have come so far, but it genuinely can't think of another way to approach this other than using these women's journeys against each other and breaking them down psychologically. So It really sucks. Yeah, week four and we're already exhausted with how The Bachelorette is handling this format. Can't wait for the I rest do, though, of the season. I do, though, continue to really love Rachel and Gabby and continue to be compelled by them. So yeah. all hope is not lost. Which brings us to our BFF energy rating out of 10 friendship bracelets. I was a little torn on this one. Yeah, I will say that the Paris segment where they were 10 out of 10 romping through the streets with their little boyfriends 10 out of 10 girls trip with the new guys in tow um and i will say that i also felt like they did seem more consistently on the same page this episode like they both sort of understood where things stood and that rachel was having a tough time and things are going better for gabby and so there was there, there wasn't the tension that I was worried was about to start sprouting out. They're, they're really sticking by each other. But we don't spend much time outside of that Paris segment really seeing them, you know. Together, together. right. We sort of see Rachel kind of feeling rejected and dealing with the Hayden stuff on her own. And they just feel a little bit disconnected. So what do we think? Like 7 out of 10? 
Yeah, I'm gonna say seven feels right, just because yeah. the Paris part was so fun and not something we would normally see on this show. And exactly. alas, it couldn't continue for for much longer. Um, hoping that next week they 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 let Rachel have a respite from the psychological games and and enjoy herself a little bit. That's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Kelsey McKinney. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode is edited by Tamika Leatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please follow our show, rate us five stars and leave a review on every platform that you can, even if you've already rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. Maybe go give it a gander on Spotify. Putting it out there. (laughs) And of course, tell all of your friends about our show. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at love to see it pod and Instagram at clareandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at clareandemma.substack.com. This week, we have an episode on part one of this new season of F-Boy Island. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week with more on Rachel and Gabby's fabulous cruise. Stitcher. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.